This episode of Shaking Spears was sponsored in part by the UJ Student Marketing Department. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Okay. Now we can jump over to Claire. Um, first question, uh, in light of all of this, um, if we were to do it over, would you direct the scene differently? Would you change Absolutely. that? Absolutely not. Um, I, what Brian has just said about um, the relationship with Ophelia is a really contentious thing, and there's a lot of academic writing about it. How true is that love? Um, is he able to really love her in the current situation? Um, my feeling is that he begins the monologue trying to protect her uh, from himself. Um, and the, the more he d distances from her. Um, now, we must bear in mind that he doesn't break it off. She does through Polonius's um, insistence. She repels his letters, repels access to him. Um, and that's what Polonius thinks has made him mad. So, so he's already coming from that space. But what we have to take into account really carefully here is the last line of to be or not to be. When he sees Ophelia, he says, Nymph, in thy orisons may all my sins be, is it remembered, Brian? Remembered. Yeah. Um, be all my sins so, remembered, yes. Yeah. So what he's saying is to Ophelia in his mind is, pray for me. Hmm. Pray for my sins, for what I am about to do. And I think that really informs what what the what the Get Me scene unfolds. We're speaking a lot about does Hamlet know that there are people listening at the beginning? Um, in which case he would know during to be or not to be as well, wouldn't he? Uh, which changes the whole um, tone of, of that monologue. I choose to think he doesn't know until he hears the noise off stage and then it all falls into place. And so it goes from um, trying to protect Ophelia from himself because he's not a happy person in himself. He doesn't want her around him. He doesn't want to draw her into any of this. Um, and his, his best way to do that is to tell her to go away, not just from him, but for all men because men are, are, are bad. Yes, we um, are. And then, and then once he hears the, the, the noise behind the arrows, whatever that turns out to be, it comes crashing down. She too is deceitful. She too is in on this betrayal. This, this nymph, this beautiful, perfect thing is part of this menacing structure um, and, and she's buying into it. And that's when it turns, for me anyway, that's when it turns to not protecting Ophelia from him, but now he wants to protect men from women. And he talks about you jibe, you, you, you know, you, Gamble, uh, you, you lisp, yeah. 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 yeah, you make wantonness, your ignorance, all, all those kinds of things. Uh, uh, the tone changes. So I have to believe for myself and, and for my cast, because everyone needs to have the same focus, that, that, that there is a switch in that scene that happens because of the offstage noise. Now, interestingly, and I'll, I'll wrap it up, um, some of the additions, some of the scripts that we buy, you know, you get the Arden and the, and the Cambridge and the, don't mention the noise offstage at all, hmm. which, is, which is really interesting because then why would the switch occur? Um, I just put that out there because I, I think that that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as I'm sure many of our viewers slash listeners are aware, um, Shakespeare's scripts were, in the time, 
probably not as modern day scripts are mm. written down, drafted, send it to, sent all over to corporate to be vetted for <clears throat> any sponsorship opportunities, blah, blah, <laughs> reverted back to writer, lead actor, although no, the lead actor probably changed their lines quite often in Shakespeare. Um, but generally speaking, said- the extant scripts that we have <clears throat> from the various folos were probably written down by stage managers and by understudies who were looking to learn the part or learn their lines or figure out what was supposed to happen each night on stage. So so that's an interesting, curious thing because we do work from these different folios and certain people do take liberties in terms of, well, this is what's written, but I'm sure that he meant to say this instead of that (laughs) across the years. Uh, Very famously, uh, there was an Othello a couple of hundred years ago where the king didn't like unhappy endings. So just before he killed uh, just before Othello kills Desdemona, um, Emilia walks in and interrupts the whole thing. And it's kind of this little comedy play out where they catch Iago at the end, not unlike the end of Twelfth Night. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 yeah, it is our, a living piece text, of work. Yeah, our printed texts are not, are not exactly what the man wrote. We, we do know that. And that's why there's so many different versions from the quartos and the folios and all that kind of thing. So it's up to the company and the director to decide on a through line and and chase that and pursue that. And that's why we decided between the three of us to to make that scene the way we made it, because it's the only way it makes sense to me. Um, And and they they played it brilliantly. So yeah, I'm not unhappy with the choices I made to get back to your original question. And then I'd like to move on uh, and let's just take a little moment here and uh, it's heartbreaking folks, hashtag trigger warning. Um, So yeah, just have a look at this little moment. Okay, so there we just saw Cara playing Ophelia. It's at the end of the scene, end of the nunnery scene. Hamlet's had his explosion. He's left. Claudius and Polonius have come in and have literally talked around her as if she were never in the room, not as if she were an integral part of the plan that they've just enacted. Um, Polonius is quite dismissive, and off they go, and we're left with you on stage, silent in just this little... Uh, heartbreaking moment. Um, am I correct in saying that that's the last moment we see you before you re-enter Mad? No, the very next scene is the play within a play. Of course, of course. My my, mm. my, my idiocy, my bad. But I did want to speak about how key that sort of moment and how key the nunnery scene in its whole is uh, towards yes. contributing towards um, your sense as a character, obviously, of abandonment and loss, because uh, the play starts with Laertes leaving you and abandoning you for France. Um, mm-hmm. Then your father is murdered. Well, first your lover then abandons you in the sense of a breakup and what we see in the nunnery scene, then he murders your father. So that's another abandonment loss. But how much does uh, that central abandonment um, of um, your lover, Hamlet, saying to you, no, no more, want nothing to do. How much do you feel that contributes towards the breaking of Ophelia? A very, very, very massive lot. Um, uh, the way Claire directed it was that she stands there after um, with the book that she's trying to give back to Polonius now because uh, he told her to read it while she waits for Hamlet. Just one second. And... little Easter egg for those of you watching the production. If you look very closely on the high-definition version, you can see that the book is actually a copy of William Shakespeare's Othello. 
<laughs> oh, you can't tell the trade secrets. Um, Carry on, Cara, sorry. Yeah, but with Claire's direction, Ophelia's left there and I have to exit and quite a, a fast exit. Mm. Not a run, but she just walks. And I <clears throat> asked Claire how, you know, um, not why would I do that, but the feeling there. And she did say to me, it's one of the last times you see her alone before she goes mad. Mm. And completely with having acted it, it, that's the emotion there is just, well, if Hamlet, you know, who has been closer to me than most besides Laertes, who's now gone, but if he is also in on whatever or ignoring or being dismissive and quite aggressive, um, then what else? There's nowhere else for Ophelia to turn, especially from that moment. And even though it goes into the play within a play, he's even more dismissive and quite... Yeah. Well, he's lewd. He's actually lewd and rude. I was going to say, he's, yeah. sex, he's sexually aggressive in, in a very inappropriate manner mm -hmm. for someone mm -hmm. who's just essentially broken up with you. Sorry, yeah. Brian, you wanted to jump no, no, in? No, I, I wanted to jump in there and, and I suppose just say what everybody else is saying. It's, I think it is the last moment that we see Ophelia being someone. Mm -hmm. Because there's the breakup scene and then her father and the king dismiss her after that we see her again in the play within a play and hamlet treats her like a common whore yeah yeah he dismisses her he's rude to her shall he, i lie in your lap shall i lie in your lap mm -hmm. he speaks loud enough for those around to what, hear country matters and i'm yeah. sure that he's, he's, our he's... more educated learners will know exactly what that's referring to yeah <laughs> he, he's treating her like a piece of dirt and she has been reduced to nothing yeah what makes and it worse in that she's sorry not, carry on sorry Cara. she's not what she's feeling is because she's the dutiful sister daughter and of her position she is still kind of answering hamlet in what she thinks everyone would like to hear her say and it's it's still so trapped and it's, then after that the yeah. next time you see her is not in a very it's, good it's state. a societal issue for me the way that she's answering she is absolutely being polite her father is reading this essentially locker room massively misogynistic talk her father's reading this as oh you see my lord to claudius and see see my lord my lord my lady it is love he is obsessed with her um, mm. but, uh, it's utterly a societal structure in terms of this is the only way that she can answer because if she told Hamlet to stick it where the sun don't shine, you can't offend the prince that way. Mm. Um, it, in, in Claudius's first speech, despite the issues that may exist between Claudius and Hamlet, Claudius's coronation speech, he names Hamlet as his heir. Hamlet is still the prince of Denmark. Hamlet is still next in line to the throne. And in those days, in those times, you, you couldn't just say what for to the prince. Yeah. No. yeah. I think, too, if you look at... Uh, at the, uh, we're talking earlier about Ophelia's last speech after uh, Hamlet exits the nunnery scene. If you look at what she calls him, how she labels him, it's absolute admiration. Um, uh, uh, he was, a, to her, is, is the perfect man. Yeah. And, yeah. and so to follow the next scene with what he says to her, I think what we mustn't ignore ever, uh, given that Shakespeare doesn't really fill Ophelia as much as we would like, is, is the, the 
hugeness of the internal conflict that must be happening in that girl um, mm. in terms of what is expected of her, but what she really wants. Yeah. And it's absolutely no wonder that she goes mad and drowns herself. I, I would have mm. done the same thing. So yeah. you know, we need we need to we need to be aware of that, that she is a pawn, she is manipulated, but it doesn't mean she doesn't have a brain. Mm. And that brain and the way she's processing what's happening to her is what drives her mad. Yeah. If she were just compliant, she'd be fine with all of this. She's not fine. Um, and I think it's really important to just remember that. Music by Midair Machine, used under license CC BY SA 4.0. For further information or bookings, contact Doreen at thinktheatre.co.za. The University of Johannesburg, the future reimagined.